You're listening to Rock Your Kindness, a new podcast presented by Love What Matters and dedicated to highlighting incredible stories surrounded by kindness. I'm your host, Tracy Farron, author, speaker, cancer thriver, and online creator. But what I really love to do is inspire others to be kinder to themselves and those they encounter, because you never know how your kindness can change the trajectory of not just your life, but the life of another. How one man's love for Legos turned into becoming a three-time Guinness World Record holder cashing in his 401k, selling all his Lego sets that he had been collecting since childhood, and going all in on starting a nonprofit charity dedicated to building big smiles on medically complex children. Here's how Russ, the president of Little Bricks Charity, is doing just that. My name's Russell Caswell. I am a three-time Guinness World Record holder for walking across Lego Bricks barefoot. And the second time that I broke the record, I found my purpose in life and I started a nonprofit. But it all stems from the world records. It started out as this little tiny world record and it blew up into this massive, massive thing. We set the world record originally back in 2019 to raise money and awareness for another nonprofit that does exactly what we do, but on a much larger scale called Fairy Bricks. They're based out of the UK. And they had a van broken into. And when that van was broken into, there were like 2,000 Lego sets stolen. And it came across my desk. At that time, I ran a Lego news show on Facebook with my daughter, who was four at the time. And she heard about the story and she was very sad that someone took all these kids Legos at Christmas time. And she came up with the idea of fundraising to get more Lego. And my community at that time on Facebook came up with the idea of breaking this world record. And we set the world record at 120 feet. At that point, I had done so much research on fairy bricks. I was like, man, this is something I want to do. You know, I want to help these kids and help them in a way that I'm passionate about because I was really passionate about Lego, still am. At that point, we were going to take the world record and we were going to use it as like this marketing tool to launch this. And as I'm getting all that squared away, I get this email from a friend going, hey, you need to check this out. And Dude Perfect stole the world record from us by 30 feet. And they beat me by 30 feet. And then a couple of weeks later, Lego took their world record. And a couple months after that, I was surprised by this amazing convention called BrickFest, which has become a core part of our charity now. And the people over at BrickFest were like, hey, Russ, we paid to have Guinness come out there here today. We want you to take this. I get goosebumps just talking about it. It was such a powerful thing. We took back the world record for walking across Lego. And since then, I've been doing the world record stuff, the walking on Lego and trying to find new records just to bring awareness to what we're doing and, and to help all these awesome kids smile. That's awesome. So that's how it started. Then what happened from there? That's kind of where we got the idea and we launched it. I sold off my personal Lego collection to get it to a 501c3 status. So it all started with the world record and it has become not just something that I'm passionate about, but something that has become my purpose in life. It is one of a few reasons I wake up every morning is to help these amazing children smile. Well, what got you into Legos? You said 
you were into Legos before. Where did yeah. that come from? When did that start? Yeah, that started just like all of these other kids at a very young age, right? I actually grew up, I'm pigeon-toed. I have horrible arthritis throughout my legs, even as a kid. So I was in and out of the doctor all the time. And my mom used to provide me with a little prize at the end if I got my shots or I got... You know, I was good to the doctor and it was always a small Lego set. It was like a $5, $10 Lego set. And Lego just kind of rang true to me. I'm a very creative person. And honestly, I, I think I owed 90% of that to my build times. My mom would like sit me at a table and just be like, just have fun. And I would just go at it and create new worlds and, and different things like that. See, wow. I did not know that part about you. Oh, really? That's new information. So when we would take our kids for like shots and stuff, huh? our thing was ice cream and like lunch. Yeah. So, no, so like parent, right? Because we feel yeah. so guilty for, yeah. even though we know it's good for our children, even though the families that you're helping, they know that taking them to the hospital and giving them chemo and doing all these things is good for them. You still feel a sense of guilt. <laughs> Yeah, it's a tough situation, right? And so uh -huh. you want to give something to your kids to make them feel better and not just make them feel better, make us feel better as parents. Yeah, as you know, well. it's, it's a part of the story, too, that I don't get to tell very often because everybody starts with the world record itself. So going back to like my childhood and how it stems for me, I don't really get a chance to tell that very often. But that's exactly what it was. It was it was my mom feeling awful for the situation that I was in, wanting to make me feel a little better, pick me up. And a small box of bricks was what always did it. Well, so, you know, for me, Russ, I feel like that's the cornerstone, almost a huge piece to why you're doing that, because that was actually one of my questions that I had already asked. Like, there has to be more, you know, because there's yeah, usually yeah. something that you're doing and the things that other people do. There's usually a connection, a, a personal story that connects you to do why you're doing it. So I love that you shared that with us. And for me, it makes that connection because yeah, I yeah. always kind of wondered why, like, where's that personal tie? Where's that personal yeah. connection to what he's doing? Because what you do is amazing. And I know the time and the effort you put into it, but I've always wondered what's connecting him to it though. And that's what it is. On a deeper level, I think you're absolutely right. And honestly, it's something I've never really thought about in connecting it with the nonprofit. I think you're right though. It's one of those subliminal things. And that kind of goes back to how amazing Lego is, right? It creates these like subliminal moments of joy that your brain kind of goes back to later on. I know some people have that like smell that like reminds them of home. For me, it's the sound of Lego brick. It's the sound here, you know, like sorting through a big tub of Lego, that sound, no matter what's going on in my life, that's what like soothes me. And now that we're talking it out, it's probably because that sound was that soothing sound for me as a child. And hopefully through what we do, we're creating those moments in these kids' lives that are creating those key factors that you fall back on when you grow older. So did you start the charity before cashing in your 401k? I did not. I actually started the nonprofit back in 2019, way before TikTok was in our atmosphere and way before I ended up quitting my job and trying to do this full time by cashing out my retirement. So 2019, we became an official nonprofit. I ended up taking my whole collection of Lego, which was 
rather massive and almost complete of old Lego sets. And I sold all those off and we generated the capital to start up the actual nonprofit. I do have a question. When you say complete, what does that mean? I had like thousands of Lego sets. I, I still have 44. When I say complete, I mean like I had complete Lego set. I I was trying to get every Lego set ever built. Like that was my goal. Wow. Um, So I took all those Lego, we sold off everything that was like a set and we generated the funding to start the nonprofit. And to begin with little bricks, I would say was more of a hobby than a job. It was something that in my spare time, it gave me something to do, something I believed in, something to look forward to. You know, after a long day of work at Canon, I'd come home and I'd relax and I'd start working on the charity stuff. It wasn't until after the pandemic started that I saw Little Bricks as potentially becoming a full-time gig and something that I really wanted to pursue as a full-time gig. So we started in 2019, the pandemic hit. And when the pandemic hit, everything we did, like hit a brick wall, right? Our mission is to build big smiles on hospitalized kids by getting Lego into the hands of those kids. And when the pandemic hit, the hospitals didn't want Lego. They didn't just want Lego. They didn't want anything. They wanted no No products that anyone had touched other than their staff. They didn't want people in their hospitals. And for obviously good reasons, right? Yeah. And unfortunately, we're still seeing some of those restrictions today through COVID and through the different pandemics that have kind of fluctuated all around our hemisphere. But when that happened in 2020, I moved our nonprofit onto TikTok. And it was really just to kind of fill the time, right? It was was like, okay, I just want to have a place where I can go and just be stupid and silly. Do you remember what month you got on? Yeah, it was August of 2020. And are you sure? I don't know if that's right. Yeah. Because I joined in March and we didn't connect until August. We didn't connect until September. I know the exact date we connected um, because you were the reason I met Tessa and I met Tessa in September, which we'll talk about Tessa and the Mohawk. Yeah. And everything a bit. yeah, I think we met in September. We met about a month after I joined TikTok and I saw TikTok to begin with as just this fun platform for me. And I came across a gentleman's page who at the time was just very motivational and very inspirational. And when I saw his page, I was like, oh my God, I'm doing TikTok wrong. Like I need to bring the charity on to TikTok. So I changed my account from Mouthy McMouthersen, which was what my original <laughs> name was. All of my TikToks originally were like this. What's up, everybody? How are you doing? It was like <laughs> just my mouth. It was crazy. Um, wait, wait, hold on, back up. We can't just move forward. Were you telling <laughs> stories or what were you doing with that? No, I was like telling jokes and okay. like lip syncing and it was just my mouth though. So did you delete those or can I go look at those? No, yeah, those are all gone. Those are just, all gone. That whole account, I made sure it was <gasps> gone. But after I saw his, I was like, oh my gosh, we have to do this. So I switched over to Little Bricks Charity Guy and it was At that moment, when I decided to bring our charity to TikTok, that 
everything just kind of started falling into place. And I honestly, I owe a lot of our success to you, to, to Tracy. You posted a video saying, hey, here are four kids. They're all going through some crazy stuff. Let's show them some love. And I decided to do what you said. I decided to make a video for each one of those kids one week. I sent them all Lego. And that was the beginning of everything that has become epic on TikTok. So thank you, Tracy. You're welcome. But, but I was very lucky to find TikTok because the hospitals had all shut down to a point where we couldn't get stuff to them. But these kids were in and out of the hospital and we had direct access to these amazing families. And it really did not just save the charity, but it, it moved the charity into a direction that I never planned it to be, which was going directly to children, like sending Lego directly to children. Before I joined TikTok, I was like, don't get on it. It's bad. It's terrible. And just me being me, I'm like, I have a brain for a reason. I want to get yeah, on to yeah. find out for myself. Now, is there some pretty raunchy stuff on there and just stuff that makes you roll your eyes? Yes, but you have to also know the algorithm and what you engage with, it continues to push. And so when people are like, oh, it's so trashy, I'm like, side note, it's because you look at trash. Yeah. It's because you look at girls shaking their booty. So don't, you can't lie about what's popping up. Well, when you first get an account, you have to train it and it takes a week or so to train it. I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't want to shame anybody who gets some girl shaking her booty up on the screen. Like, that shows up on my feed every once in a while. I feel like no matter what you do, TikTok tests you on certain things every once in a while. They're like, are you sure this isn't something you didn't like? Try and bait you into Yeah, they're like, are you but sure this isn't something For the most part, for the most part, you are going to see the type of stuff you engage with. Because when I yeah. got my husband on, he's like, all I see are girls shaking booties. I'm like, well, do you like anything? He's like, no, I just keep doing this and I'm tired of it. So I, he deleted it. So I got on and for like an hour, I, he like, I'm like, tell me what you like. And he's like, I want to see dog stuff. I want to see like working out stuff stuff, funny kid stuff, like just kids being sillier with their parents and stuff. So I went on there, found all that stuff. And for like an hour, just nonstop liked and liked and liked. I said, yeah, here, you're yeah. good to go. Get on it now. He's like, what'd you do? I'm like, pull it up. He's like, I never see it anymore. I never see a bunch of booties. And I'm like, you have to train it. My point with saying that is so many people have their opinions about it. And I heard opinions about it before I got on. But I think there's a lot of people like you that are doing so much good with it, right? That you're using yeah. that platform to help people and fall on the good side of TikTok yeah. and using it for good. And I'm not dumb. I know there's stuff out there and stuff that I want my kids seeing or whatever, but there's so much good on that platform. You and I have seen it together. Some of the people yeah. in the same circle we run in just doing amazing things. And I think that's one thing that TikTok does really well is it pulls communities together. Like-minded people come together on TikTok. So if you're into this and this person's into this, eventually your paths are going to cross mm -hmm. on TikTok. I think it's up to the users to build that community, build those relationships with those kinds of people. And but TikTok is a phenomenal tool for that. Just like every other app, it's social media. So you got to take the good with the bad. We have tons of trolls in our community. Unfortunately, my community consists not just of people who are trying to do amazing things, but a massive portion of them are medically complex families. 
And anytime you talk about sensitive subjects, you're going to have someone come through and troll the families and things like that. It's got its pluses and minuses, but I think the pluses heavily outweigh the minuses. I would suggest any business, any nonprofit, any person now to go and start an account. Like you said, it becomes whatever you want it to become. You just have to stay. Train it. Yeah. Yeah. It needs to learn you. It's AI and it wants to get to know you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So then we meet up in September and I know, I remember we had a phone call about, I think you had just had some questions about TikTok. Yeah, at that point, I was a small fish and I think I maybe had six or 7,000 followers at that point. And you were a big player at that time. You had like 400,000 followers, something like that, I think when we first met. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, how is she doing this? And I did. I picked your brain and got a lot of great information from you that we utilized day to day with my account. And it just changed the way we did things. I think our first interaction was that video where you were like, these four kids need help. Let's show support to these four kids. And I did. It was Holden, Jocelyn, Dub Frost, the Frost family, and also Tessa. And of those four families... I am close friends with three of those families and I'm good friends with the last. I just can't believe that that's been almost two years. I know it's crazy. like that just blows my mind. One of the things in our conversation, if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, was we brought up your Mohawk and I told you, do not get rid of it. Yeah. Because you were were like, this is your branding. This is your look. This is your brand. And you were like, I'm thinking about getting rid of it. And I said, do not do that. And look at you with your mohawk. And I want to talk about your mohawk yeah. and what it means and what you do with it. Was it once a month? Yeah. Every single month we dyed a new color. Tomorrow we're dyeing it. And yeah, you're absolutely right. You were the one who said your mohawk is your brand. And Actually, this is my logo, my personal logo, and it's me with my mohawk and a Little Bricks charity shirt. That's what everybody knows me as on TikTok. And in fact, the mohawk has become the most viral thing that we do on TikTok. Every month we get at least a million. Last month we had 15 million views on that one video. Well, so back up, tell me why you had the mohawk. Yeah, yeah, let's pull back. Yeah. So we started with that awesome video that you came up with and you were like, these four kids need help. Three of the four families were living with cancer. The three kids who lived with cancer all lived with a very rare form of cancer called ATRT, which we're slowly finding out through test results and things that it's not quite as rare as people think. It's just now we know how to test for it. But one of the children, Jocelyn, there's a video of her getting her head shaved. So I duetted that video and I shaved my head too. What I did different from what everybody else was doing was I left hair in the middle. And I did that because of another young child that we were helping Tessa. Tessa was this amazing little girl who honestly, our souls connected through that app. I really feel like The universe sent Tessa and her family my way. She had the most adorable faux hawk 
that you've ever seen. As she's going through her treatments, her hair kind of thinned out a little on the sides, but she had this cute little like baby mohawk going on. So we left the center and we dyed it yellow to begin with. And it was kind of the center point of what we called faux hawks for Tessa. And it was like the first real social media push I'd ever been a part of. And her family did such an amazing job with her community at pushing out faux hawks for Tessa. We raised a bunch of money and a lot of exposure, not just for her family, but for childhood cancer in general. And ever since that day, two years ago, last month, I've had a mohawk on my head and it's been a different color every single month. Yeah. So tell us about those colors. And why do you think those videos on TikTok go viral when you do it? So let's first talk about the colors. There's been, I think, 21 colors. I think there's been three months where I didn't change the color. Every once in a while, you got to give your hair a rest, right? So all of those colors I have grabbed at our local Sally Beauty hair shop. And I love Sally Beauty. They've actually become one of our sponsors and have sponsored the Mohawk. But every one of those colors we bring on for a different childhood disease. So our community at the end of each year picks what 12 diseases we're going to focus on for the next year. And we decide which month based off of the awareness month of that disease. And we decide what color based off of the awareness ribbon for that color. Everyone knows like the pink ribbon is for breast cancer. I think that's like the most iconic ribbon. I don't think people realize that every disease you can think of has a ribbon and it's a different color. And 98% of the time, that color has a meaning. Right now it's gold. Last month was childhood cancer awareness. And the reason they decided to choose gold is so freaking phenomenal. It's because gold is a precious metal. And what is more precious than the lives of all of these kids, right? I love the Mohawk because... It's like this talking point, right? It's every person I meet goes, wow, that's a really cool haircut. Or they go, wow, that's a really weird haircut. Or they go, oh my God, look at your haircut. It's the first thing they notice and it breaks the ice and it opens up the door for me to tell Tessa's story, for me to tell Holden's story, for me to tell Logan's story, for me to tell the story of all of these amazing kids that we've interacted with and helped with. And I think the reason it rings true on TikTok is multiple folds. First is the algorithm, right? TikTok loves when you do the same thing at the same time in the same way. So every single month at the beginning of the month, I post the exact same style video talking about the exact same thing. And TikTok knows where it goes. They're like, hey, we know this video. We know the audience that's going to watch it. We'll send it out. We'll take care of it. Just make sure it's posted, essentially. So I think the algorithm now knows. The second reason is my editing style. I have adapted this really shortcut, quick cut style that you really do need for continuing virility on TikTok. And I think that pulls people in. Also, it kind of sucks that this is one of the reasons it goes viral, but a very small section of it is because at the beginning of my video, I say the catch line, it's that time of the month again. All the young ladies come on and they go, oh, how did he know? Or is he talking about me? And all the young men go on and go, ha, ha, ha. I thought you were talking about this at first. Again, it kind of goes back to the algorithm. It gets the engagement going in the comment section. But I think the most important reason that it goes viral every month 
is we're talking about something that doesn't get the attention it needs. It doesn't get talked about very often. And those families that live with these diseases and that have children that are going through these things, they appreciate it and they show their love. They watch those videos all the way through. They share them. They tag other people within their own community. This month, we're going to be going with spina bifida. It's going to be teal for spina bifida. That's why my lights are teal right now. And I can guarantee you that I will find 50 to 100 new families on TikTok just from that one video, just because they're going to comment and say, my son is living with spina bifida. I truly appreciate you giving him a voice. Things like that. It's those families and those stories that I've dedicated my personal life to telling. And these families want to tell their children's stories. And when they hear that video or they see that video, they have an opportunity in the comment section to tell it. And then all throughout the year, I try to find and connect with these families to continue to tell those stories to an audience that's much larger than the average person has access to. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What I think what your videos do as well, Russ, is they help these families feel seen. And I'm sorry if you might've already said this, but and you give a voice to them. That's just why I was thinking those two things. I know when I got diagnosed with POTS just recently and I posted about it, I can't tell you how many people, me too, me too, me too, I have it. And I just like, oh, do I keep talking about it to help those people feel seen because it's a tough condition. Like I'm still like, so in the thick of it, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I can relate to that just because with me just making the video about it, so many people just comment. I have a friend, I have a niece, me too. When I was young, it took me six years to be diagnosed. It's all this stuff. And I felt like when I was seeing all that and it connected, right? People, humans just want to connect. Yeah, that's what I was to connect. And then they see someone like you with a platform and they're like, oh my gosh, I can connect to him. Mm -hmm. He's using it for awareness. He's using it. And I think that's how you slowly start to build your community, which is something I want to talk about as well. But I think you do a great job at that. And one thing I, I noticed with you right away was you are so passionate about what you do. You are probably the most passionate person I know about what you do. Why do you think you have built such a loyal community? Oh man, my community is like none other, man. And if I'm being honest, my community pulls more weight than I do on so many levels. I think the reason we've built the community that we have is, again, multifaceted. One, we're connecting other communities. 
my goal is medically complex children of every disease, of every affliction across the board, whether it's autism or it's cancer and everything and anything in between, like rare diseases like San Filippo syndrome and things like that. I'm connecting other communities together. And I think through those videos, people feel that connection. Like you said, people want to connect with others. And I think sometimes it's an eye opener that, hey, what I'm going through with my child who's battling cancer on a personal parent level is very similar to what this parent whose child has autism is going through. I feel like the Little Bricks Nation bridges that gap very well. I will also say that very early on, I followed through with what I said I was going to do. I said, hey, if you give me money, I'm going to take it and we're going to travel the nation and we're going to deliver Lego in an RV and we're going to do all this. And I think they really began to trust me. I can't do what I do without my community. I know that. Little Bricks Charity is built on the back of Little Bricks Nation. And it's what I think TikTok is really about. And social media in a much larger picture is all about is about building those communities and just telling that story that you're passionate about. I'm passionate about this. Whoever's watching this, I know you have a passion out there. Just tell that story, like tell what you're passionate about. I think another thing, anytime you're trying to build a community is just be real, right? Whether you're going through good times or bad times, you just have to be you. You just have to be genuine. And I will say that's a tough thing to do once I hit a certain point on TikTok to not filter what we're putting out on social media. Our community has changed dramatically since we first started. When we first started, it was full on medically complex families. We had like 10,000 followers and 8,000 of them were medically complex families. And then as we started growing and as we started having more virility on the app, our audience broadened to people our age. And now a large segment of my followers are younger people. So I've had to adapt and I've had to try to decide where within our community are we going to put focus. And I had a really tough time if I'm throwing all the eggshells out there for a good like eight months on TikTok out of the two years or three years that have been on. There was a big eight month period where I didn't know what we wanted to do with the community. And honestly, we lost a lot of the community at that point. I was kind of going back and forth. I want to do this or do I want to do that? And a chunk of our community, and unfortunately, a core chunk of our community, they got tired of the on and off kind of thing, which goes back to if you really want to build a community, no matter what it is, it's all about consistency, honesty, and transparency. And I think we have found the direction that we're going to be going on TikTok. And in fact, without giving away too many details, it's changing dramatically from where we were at the beginning and where we are right now. We're going to be modifying things quite a bit, but we're doing that so we can tell the stories of more kids. So I don't have to travel as much because I'm gone a week to two weeks every single month. I'm away from my family. Is that good to drop off Lego sets to hospitals? Yeah, yeah, that's, so you, that's for the drop-offs and for the fundraising events that we do. 
And you mentioned you did a tour. Can we talk about that for a minute? What that was last year? Yeah, man, that was crazy. That was insane. Um, so let's talk about it, that. It was nuts. I and yeah, let's start at the beginning. It all started with an amazing organization called NRBA, the National REO Brokers Association. They, one of my community members, one of the people from TikTok, Shay. Hi, she's actually a, a, on our board. Oh, full disclosure, Tracy is on our charity board. But again, that kind of rings true to the community side, right? Like my board is filled with my community members. My close friends are all part of my community now. And if you're building that community right, you will have close relationships and friendships with people. So it all started with NRBA. Shay actually was like, I love what you're doing with Little Bricks Charity. I'm with NRBA. We want to fly you out to Vegas. And I was like, whoa, what? I got to be flown out to Vegas? This is like a dream come true. So we went to Vegas. We delivered a ton of Lego to the children's hospital there within our BA. I think we raised like $13,000 that weekend. And this is how 90% of what I do happens. I literally was delivering Lego in Las Vegas. We shot a video. In the video, I was like, man, it would be so cool to travel the nation and deliver Lego. And Shay looked at me and she's like, yeah, it would be, you should. I was like, okay, let's do it. And literally in like 30 seconds, we went from dropping off Lego to one hospital to going, okay, now we're gonna do it all across the nation and we're gonna do it on a tour. <clears throat> I inserted foot, but I'm a man of my word. So I was like, we gotta follow through with this. It took maybe a month and a half, we raised, almost $43,000 through TikTok. We had amazing people like It's Me, Polly B and Tina Madlibs, yourself. So many amazing people fundraising for us as well, all on TikTok. And again, if it wasn't for the community, there would be, have been no way that we could have done this trip. The and trip how many was, hospitals did you stop at? We went to 13 children's hospitals, drove over 8,000 miles, and we did it in five weeks. It was the most horrific thing I've ever been through. It was the most amazing thing I've ever been through all at the same time. We did it in such a short period. It literally went from an idea to me driving in an RV with $40,000 worth of Lego in the back in like two and a half months. So in 10 weeks, it went from an idea to a fully funded trip. And we did. I grabbed an RV. I found someone who was crazy enough to rent me an RV. And we took the bed out of the back. We filled it all with Lego. And then along the way, we partnered up with another company called BrickSeek. And they helped us raise like another almost $20,000 for the trip. So all in all, we, we delivered like $58,000 worth of Legos and... I was literally in an RV for five and a half weeks, for almost six weeks, all by myself, driving 18 hours a day. And the community, the Little Bricks Nation came through. I didn't have a place to park. I didn't have a bed to lay my head on. We didn't have enough money to get a hotel room. The RV was it. So I was pulling up into people's driveways that I'd never met before. I was staying in people's houses that only knew me through TikTok. I was getting help along the way, like physical, hey, this is broke. I need help with the RV from people on TikTok, from the Little Bricks Nation, from this community. 
and also from other communities. We had this amazing community called the Thirsty Turtle Tumblers, and their community came through in a huge way. This is how unprepared I was for this trip. It was October when I left, and I'm thinking, okay, it's October. It'll be fall. I'll be fine. Shorts and T-shirts will be good all the way through. I get into Colorado, and it is snowing, and I have shorts, T-shirts, and sandals, and Thirsty Turtle Tumblers, Jen reached out to her community, and within like 20 minutes of me saying, all I have is shorts and T-shirts, I had a message and a phone call from someone going, meet this person in Colorado Springs. They just made a Little Bricks charity hoodie for you, and they've got it waiting for you. The trip was a true testament to how amazing the Little Bricks Nation, how amazing our community truly is. And we did. We stopped at 13 children's hospitals. We delivered Lego with 11 different social media influencers, and we had an amazing time. It ended in Tennessee. I didn't get all the way home. The brakes exploded on the RV and it like blew out the tire and took out a wheel hub. It was exciting. I got locked in a bathroom for like three hours. It was crazy. And you got some news coverage too. I remember seeing some of the news where those stops that you were making, they came out and covered it Yeah, to help, I guess, help with exposure. Honestly, everything happened at this perfect time. Like I was looking for a way to get Little Bricks Charity's name out there and to get back into delivering Lego. The pandemic has just kind of subsided. We had talked to a large number of hospitals and only 13 of them were willing to even allow us to deliver Lego. And I was thinking like, how can we do this? How can we do this? And then the trip came about and it was great exposure. Now, if you Google Lego charity, like, 20 articles of Little Bricks Charity show up all the way from New York to Las Vegas to Alabama. We've got news stories all over the place. And also we've got the stories of some truly amazing kids being told. We dropped off Lego with Breakable Brooke, this amazing young girl. We dropped off Lego with Raylan, who was battling cancer at the time. We dropped off a Lego with Lucas, who was an amazing young man in Phoenix. And then also down in Alabama, we dropped off Lego with Caspian. And I loved it when we got to deliver Lego with the TikTokers, but it meant so much more. And it felt so much better when I had a family by my side. No offense, because yeah. we did. We dropped off Lego with Tracy in Houston. I, yeah, I think no we offense off. taken. Like, I totally get that. It's just fun, right, to be with a content creator and do it and stuff. But <coughs> I think I agree. There's a deeper meaning and feeling and stuff behind doing it with an actual family that you're helping and serving. So no offense at all. So let's talk about those four families that you mentioned earlier on, how that went, all the things, where they're at how that impacted you. I just want to hear all about those four. So unfortunately, of those four, there were actually five children and not one of those children are with us anymore. When you work day in and day out with medically complex families, the hardest thing is saying goodbye. It's one of those things where I know that a large portion of the children we help, their time on this earth is much more limited than others. And it's that motivation, that that urgency that I think gets me out of bed each day. 
And I would say all of these children were are amazing warriors, right? The fact that these kids have been through so much in such a short span of time, these kids legitimately grow up much quicker. They are much more mature. They're much more in the moment than I think other kids are. And the same rings true for their parents as well. They understand the value of sitting next to your child and enjoying just being with them so much more than I think even myself, even than the average person realizes. Every one of these kids has been so inspiring to so many people. And I know Tessa's story, for instance, reached millions of people. Same with Jocelyn, same with the Frost family, same with Holden. All of those families reached millions of people and they told their story. And I will say that with the medically complex community, a lot of these parents feel compelled after their child is finished with their battle, whether it's a victory or not. They feel compelled in their hearts to give back to that community, to continue raising so other kids don't go through what their child went through. Or if they do go through it, they go through it in a much easier way. And my life has been forever changed by all four of these kids, especially my life has been changed by Tessa's story. I connected with that family on a level that I never connected with any other family and haven't since. When Tessa passed away, about eight months after I started the Mohawk, Tessa beat cancer. And then she got another form of cancer from the medication that she beat cancer with. Mm -hmm. And that cancer, unfortunately, her body just wasn't strong enough to beat at that time. Mm -hmm. And that broke me. When Tessa passed away, I shut down for four or five days. I didn't post a video. I didn't know what to say. I'd never been in a situation like that. And honestly, I have been more guarded in those relationships since Tessa. And I still get the connection. I know now that there has to be some distance between myself and these families, if anything, just for my own mental health. Don't get me wrong. Every child that passes away tears me apart, but it's different when you have this personal connection with the family. And there are still a large number of families that are battling that I'm very, very close to. It's one of those things where we've had to shift what we do. So I don't fall into that mental health pit every time something bad happens. And it happens more often than I would like to say, unfortunately. Yeah. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, and I think it's smart, Russ. Like, if you want this charity to go on to help other little kids, you can't be in bed for five days every time because you and I both know it happens a lot. And so I think for you to be able to go on and take this mission to other families and stuff, I totally get what you're saying. And I think it's smart. Santa J. Claus on TikTok, give him a follow. He is legitimately Santa. He's TikTok Santa. Everyone knows that. Yo, the dude showed me his license. His <laughs> name is Santa Claus. I'm not even kidding. He is truly an amazing man. And he has always been there for me when I need someone to sound off of. And one of the things he said to me was, Russ, at some point, if you want the charity to take off, you need to find a way to connect with these kids with the Lego and leave it at that. And he said, you're creating these amazing experiences for these children and you're telling their story. And he's like, that's why you were put here. Tell their story, connect with them, create that awesome experience that they'll never forget, and then find a way to do it again for the next child. And It's been really tough, especially with the social media aspect. My heart wants to just literally spend all day editing and telling stories of every kid on this app that we come across. And there are hundreds of thousands of them that I've come across. But my brain goes, Russ, you're one man. You can't do that. You have a plan and you have to execute it. And it's just kind of stepping back as... Little Bricks charity guy and stepping into the role of I'm Russell, the president of Little Bricks charity a little bit more. Yeah. And something I want to touch on, because I don't think we've touched on it yet. When you say experience, let's talk a little bit about why play, what play does for these kids. And I want to hear the feedback that you're getting from these families about the Legos and then play. Yeah. So play is massive. Play is how children identify with their surroundings. Play is also a really good branch into distraction and education. For children in hospital, Lego does so much for these amazing kids. It gives them this like sense of familiarity in a very unfamiliar situation. They're in a hospital room. There are machines making sounds. There's all kinds of things going on. And unfortunately, these kids need a distraction. And Lego is just a phenomenal distraction from all of that. Everyone in the world knows what to do with two Lego bricks. Mm -hmm. If you put two Lego bricks in front of any kid in the world and you give them one minute, they're going to build something. It is a phenomenal distraction, but it also is a great communication tool for the staff. The staff can come in and break the ice. Wow, that's a really cool race car. Wow, that's a really awesome house. Tell me, what's this person's name? There's all kinds of great things there that can just kind of break the ice instead of a doctor coming in or a nurse coming in going, okay, it's time for your next IV. They're talking about the Lego while they're doing the IV. Yeah. Any toy is great for a child in hospital, but Lego 
particularly is the most perfect product for a child to play with because of its playability, its replayability, right? They can build what the instructions say. They can play with that for a day. They can tear that down and they can build whatever else they want the next day. They can play with that same toy over and over and over again. And it's a different experience each time. And that experience is created by their own imagination. It may look like a log or a straight seven pieces of Lego to you and me, but to a kid that's a spaceship or a pirate ship or whatever their hearts can desire. Over the past two years, we've delivered Lego, I want to say close to 40 children's hospitals. And every time that we deliver Lego, I hear the same things from the child life staff. One is we are so glad you came with Lego. Two is, this is the most requested toy we get from all of our kids. And three is, we don't have any Lego left right now. <laughs> it's in such high demand in the hospitals that it's always the first thing to go. And when we show up, the staff members are so excited to do it. And we've got a lot. You can see, I mean, this is just a fraction of the Lego that we have over here. And... It's just this universal toy that breaks barriers down, and it's amazing. I don't know if we were very clear in the beginning about how you became a three-time Guinness World Record. You're actually stepping on Legos, and I think any parent out there who has, well, it's a parent, we've all had Legos. Those hurt like hell, like your foot bruises, and it's really uncomfortable. So I want to just take it back to the beginning where... That's how you won three times is you're walking on these Legos. That has got to be painful. And it was such a, oh, wow, he's doing that. That Was it Jimmy Fallon? Yeah, so Jimmy Fallon cracked a joke about us on the Today Show. And the second world record that we broke, I got to go on TV with Snoop Dogg and Anthony Anderson on a game show. So it's definitely opened up a lot of doors. It is Mm -hmm. all for walking across Lego bricks barefoot. I do not suggest anybody try it on their own, though we do have the Brickwalk Challenge, which has become massive. In fact, we've been traveling the nation with it. We're getting ready to set up a whole new booth specifically designed around this. It's a little bit of pain to spread a lot of joy. Yeah, yeah. I just weren't sure if we were clear about that. It's a painful thing that you're doing. What was the longest stretch that you did for that walk? So the longest stretch that I personally did was just over 4,000 feet. And that was part of the group record. And... The second time I had over a thousand micro abrasions on my feet, I lost feeling in my feet for months. The last time I had a piece of Lego go into my foot and my doctor's like, you are not allowed to do this anymore. So now we are trying to break other world records. Next year, we're working with a major league baseball team and we're hoping to build something truly massive and also working with an amazing children's hospital locally to set a second world record next year. World records are fun to break. They're designed to be broken though. A lot of people are like, hey, how does it feel to have dude perfect take your record? I'm like, I don't care. I took it back. But yeah, it was for a crazy thing, but it was for a good cause. Yeah. We have realized what that build experience 
is all about now. It has taken two years for us to kind of find our actual vision. So now we don't just deliver Lego. Now we Zoom and we build Lego with these kids, which is phenomenal. And we're actually working on a software right now that will be a companion software to a specific Lego set. And that is going to take that playtime from an hour to like days. So, you know, here at Little Bricks, we're really trying to understand the experience more and how to maximize that experience, not just for the enjoyability for the kid, but also for the educational and mental health aspects. We're trying to come at this at all angles so we can make these experiences what these kids really are seeking instead of just the Lego. What's the type of feedback that you're getting from the kids and the families? Oh, man, everybody loves it. They're ecstatic to receive it. The kids are excited. And our motto is we build big smiles. That's what Lego does. That's our paintbrush to paint these smiles. And they're always our smiles. Yeah, I'm sure they're totally grateful too. Oh, absolutely. That you're doing this. What are a few reminders or lessons that you have gained through your journey of Little Bricks Charity? The first is you can't do anything alone. Anything you want to do in life, you're going to need the help of someone and you're going to have to be okay asking for that help. Community matters, right? That's what it comes down to. Community matters. The second biggest takeaway is that our world is moving in a direction where social media is becoming more and more the norm in everyday life. If people only take one thing away, from watching my TikToks, it's that you can use that platform for good and you can pull up a cause, whether it's your purpose in life or just something that you feel compelled at this moment. There are people all across this world that need help in some way and you can share those stories and you can rally your community to help those people. And it's so rewarding. My father always told me there's two things in life you need to look for. You need to look for your passion and your purpose. Your passion is what makes you happy. Your purpose is how you can take your passion and make other people happy. And mm, love that. I've done that. I have found my passion and my purpose. And I hope that everyone watching this finds theirs. Yeah, I love that. Something I was thinking when you're talking about community and you can't do anything alone. Anytime on social media, I see self-made, she did it. I'm like, where's all the other people that were opened the door, that opened the other door, yeah. that opened the other door, that gave the opportunity. And I totally agree with you that success or anything, it is never a one person thing. Yeah. There is always a community or people cheering you on or opened a door for you or gave you an opportunity. So I believe in that wholeheartedly. You never know where those opportunities are going to come from or who that opportunity is going to come from. I have sat down with millionaires who you can tell they're a millionaire from a mile away and they open up opportunities that are helpful, but small. And I have gotten massive opportunities from people who are disheveled and look like they belong in a biker bar instead of the boardroom. Don't judge that book by its cover because Absolutely. the story inside each one can be amazing. Absolutely. What are you working on now? What's the future look like for Little Bricks Charity? 
We took last month off, September. We didn't deliver to Alego to a children's hospital because this month we're doing two children's hospitals. We're going to be delivering in Philadelphia. And then we've been invited by Walmart to the Rewired Festival, which is like a massive gaming convention to bring our booth. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we can prove to Walmart that we're worthy enough of some donations from them. But right now, what we're really focusing on is twofold is making Little Bricks a large organization instead of a small nonprofit. And two is focusing on that build experience. We're going to continue to deliver Lego to children's hospitals, but our real growth and development is on that build experience. And how can we make this something that lasts longer and is more beneficial to the children who are utilizing the brick? Yeah. For any of the listeners who want to learn more about Little Bricks Charity, where can they go? Where can they find you? Yeah, you can find Little Bricks Charity over at littlebrickscharity.org. You can also find Little Bricks Charity on Instagram and Facebook. And you can follow my journey as the president of Little Bricks Charity and all the crazy antics I do over on TikTok at Little Bricks Charity Guy. But, you know, it really has been a pure joy just watching you from our first phone call, having a few thousand followers to sticking with it through the highs and the lows, building your platform. Your platform is now bigger than mine over there and just watching it become successful. It's really been an amazing journey to be able to watch you on. You're doing Ah, awesome. Right back at you, lady. This has been an epic journey and I'm glad to have you by my side on it. I just got back from a weekend event called Empower Her Live that a lady named Keisha Getmary held. She brought a lot of phenomenal speakers on stage, one being Trent Shelton. If you don't know who Trent Shelton is, he is a former NFL player turned motivational speaker who helps people connect to their peace, purpose, and power. And something he said at this event really stuck out to me. He said, and I quote, Your past is an indicator and tied to your purpose. We have all been there in life, wondering what our purpose on this earth is. Maybe you are there right now. Maybe you don't know your purpose and are feeling lost on what your next step should be. If this is you, I want to leave you with a few words. While I believe wholeheartedly that your past is an indicator and can be tied to your purpose... I want you to know you are purpose. You don't need to chase it because it lives inside you. No matter what you decide to do in life, you can bring purpose to it by how you decide to show up for it. If you know someone this story might resonate with, send them a link to this episode. Also, tag me on Instagram at Tracy Farron and let me know what part of this story resonated with you the most. The best way to help support this show is to rate, review, and subscribe. Your support means everything. Until next time, rock your kindness.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.